This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everybody and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Gendron, and I am joined by Mike Gendron, who is somewhere not off the coast of Connecticut. You are somewhere off the coast of... Where are you, Mike? Uh, Steve, I am in Charleston, South Carolina, and it is too damn hot. It's like 95 degrees, super humid. The Red Sox stink at baseball. I'm just <laughs> done with summer. Summer, it's it's time. It's it's gone, dead and gone. I'm ready for the fall. I'm ready for football season. Can we just turn the page? Like I'm done with it. Oh yeah, I'm I'm ready to be done with fall. Charleston, awesome place though. Other than it being really friggin' hot. But as always, at the house of Sav, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing, bud? I like that. As always, I feel like I'm never here. I've been gone. <laughs> For so many weeks in a row, not in the pod, but just just in general, guys. I love being a miler now. I'm training for the beer <laughs> mile, and I went out for a run today. I've been cooped up. I had a crazy travel week where I missed like my connectors. My flights got canceled, so I feel like I've been in an airport for you know 36 of the last 48 hours. I'm cooped up. I get home today. I'm ready to just go for a run. I hit the trails. It's a little cooler. I'm in the shade, and I'm just cranking around. And then I look at my watch at one point, and I already run for like a half hour. And in my head, I was like, I'm just going to have a nice long run today. And I saw that. And I'm like, whoa, this is my turnaround point. This is a long run. Like, your reg <laughs> run is your long run now. So uh, I love being a miler. I'm going to go back to college and just be a miler. I, I always thought maybe that could be my best event. So uh, shout out to all the milers out there. And us dumb 5K guys just didn't understand. <laughs> well, speaking of the mile, last week. I was at the Liberty Mile in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, and first off, world-class event. Just an awesome event. They shut down. It's on Friday night. It was last Friday night. They shut down two streets um, just at, at like 7 o'clock at night. They do a bunch of heats. They do like a um, – they did a like an all-comers, all-comers heat for the mile. They did like a, a dog heat. They had a, a heat where you could race with your dog. They did a sub-elite heat, which was everybody who was kind of like around a five-minute pace or lower down to, I think the winner of the sub-elite heat was like, you know, 4.15. And then they had an elite heat where they brought in professional runners. Um, and it was it was just such a great time. You know, I went there. I ran in the sub-elite heat. Didn't run that well. Had a good time. But um, watching the pros race out there on the streets of Pittsburgh, such a good time. And we got to hang out with a, with a couple of the pros after, which I want to get into. But surprise entry at the last second our girl jess harris shows up takes second place wins a you know couple thousand dollars no big deal on a friday night she was coming up from she was driving up from sir walter myler she took a little detour to race in pittsburgh um so i got to talk with her met her boyfriend met met Te- met her dog teddy um but teddy. Just, yeah, it was it was it was kind of it was kind of funny because it was like it, it was the first time this has happened where it's like you know somebody i had a full conversation with her on the podcast but like we didn't really know each other so like i went up to her and i could tell like she could kind of recognize me but she didn't know for sure if it was me and i'm like hey steve i'm you know one of the idiots from the podcast that you did um 
but it was it was good catching up with her. She she ran great, but all around great event put on by P3R, a race company in Pittsburgh. Um, just just an awesome time. Steve, did Jess have good stuff to say about us? Yeah, yeah. She, I mean, she was she introduced yeah. me to her family, to her boyfriend. She's like, oh, this the, yeah, this is the guy you know that we did the podcast with. She seemed, yeah, she seemed like, yeah, you know, she she enjoyed ha- talking with us at, at the very friend, least. Friend of the podcast. Yep, friend of the podcast. That's um, like long lost friend. You get to meet the entire family. I mean, I come know, on, huh? come on. I got to meet the dog. I got to meet Teddy. Like, yeah. let's get invited to the family barbecues and stuff. <laughs> But uh, anyways, after the race, I got invited to the the after party with the company, the management company, the uh, P3R out of Pittsburgh, and um, a bunch of the elite athletes. Jess had to hit the road, so she couldn't come to the after party. But at the after party, I was hanging out, and I was talking with um, Riley Masters, who's a Nike athlete, um, Mac Fleet, who's also a Nike athlete, and uh, Pat Casey, who's an Under Armour athlete. We were at the bar, we were having a couple beers, and we were talking about, you know, same stuff we talk about. You know, how do we get people into running? How do we get more momentum behind the sport? And you know what? The first thing that comes up, first thing out of all three of their mouths, sure enough, gambling. We need to get gambling on running. And they they were so into it. They had all these ideas. There's a a sports book in Pittsburgh. They're like, next year we got to get the casino to put lines on this race. But, you know, they they were super pumped up about uh, about gambling on running and i told them what we were doing i told them like hey listen the games that we play and how we get our friends who aren't into running at all into running through gambling on running steve did they have any like uh ideas where you're like oh i had i had never thought of that before like that's something that we should start implementing here or is it all just kind of the traditional ideas um it was pretty traditional stuff but he's just like you know they uh you know riley was saying he was like you know, if we can have like a, a horse track style, you know, running track where people can go on, they can place their bets and they can watch, you know, sub elites to elites race, it would be a ton of fun. I agree, you know. Well, do you like guys like that, like guys like Riley and Mac, like are those would would they be interested in like actually being the ones getting on the track? Like could they see themselves participating in those kinds of events? Oh yeah. That's what they wanted. They were like <laughs> They were like, yeah, like we think that would be like the coolest atmosphere ever. And, you know, the other thing is like you bring you bring gambling into a sport, you bring money into a sport and like uh, a rising tide lifts all ships. Right. So if there's more money in the sport, there's gambling in the sport. Eventually, you know, they're going to get paid more money to do these events. It's just a matter of time. Guys, as the gentleman at the the forefront of this gambling movement, though, now that we're you know we're talking with pros and stuff about uh, the importance of gambling and where it's going, we got to make sure you know there's no sketchy business going on. I'm just trying right. to think, you know, if these guys are in there, they're they're betting on you know each other type of thing. You know, I'll take a dive and you take it up there. So I think I nominate ourselves as being the enforcement to make sure uh, we keep you keep like the running mafia from from ruining the gambling pools. <laughs> We had to bring people up into the uh, to the top office and you know throw a bag over their head and rough them up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we gotta show them. We gotta show them what uh what we're made of, basically. That the peak too early boys. You know, we may we may sound like loving, jovial, good old jolly fellows, but we can pack the hammer if needed. Not I'm afraid know. to break a couple kneecaps. Yeah, yeah, we might have to look up some of our old uh, college shot put friends or something. That's right. Uh, yep. <laughs> No, that actually is a topic that came up. We were like, well, do you think that, 
you know, gambling on running, you know, runners would be more susceptible than other sports to kind of corruption and kind of throwing races and stuff like that. And we talked about it for for a little bit, and it wasn't it wasn't long before we realized that like there's a major percentage of the sports gambling world where you're gambling on people that don't get paid at all. <laughs> I mean, the, just look at college sports, right? Well, that's you know, true. Yeah, there's a ton of gambling going on in college sports. And I'm sure it's it's definitely a worry. I mean, you know, you have you've had those point shaving scandals in basketball in the past, and there's always going to be some problem. But for the most part, you know, it's a it's still a pretty you know trustworthy thing. You know, gambling on on college sports. I wouldn't hate a scandal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You want to bring you want to bring some attention to our sport. How about a nice nice solid scandal? Yeah, we get like a nice like thirty for thirty on ESPN or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, imagine. Imagine if uh, ESPN did a 30 for 30 on us, just the, the, the peak too early, you know, uh, second shaving scandal. <laughs> I'm about it. I'm about it for sure. Uh, just kidding. Just kidding. We're completely trustworthy. We don't want anything to do with any corruption, you know, or any funny business. We, we want, we want honest, honest play out there on the track. Sure. But, Shout out to those guys. Uh, I had a blast with them. You know, we had a, had a couple beers. We talked some gambling. We talked some. Oh, I almost forgot the story. I got to tell this story. Um, coolest story the entire time out at Pittsburgh. And this was before I, you know, I, I met Riley and I just got, I kind of introduced him and we kind of got talking about sports. Um, I, so I raced and I wore, you know, my company was a sponsor for the race, so I didn't want to be the obnoxious Patriots fan in the middle of Pittsburgh wearing an obnoxious Patriots shirt, getting everybody boomy. I wanted to be a little bit more subtle with it. Dude, that doesn't sound like you. Well, it is when, like, my company is a sponsor of that. Yeah. No, any other time I would have been completely obnoxious with it. But I wanted to, you know, I didn't want to be obnoxious, but I wanted to kind of get a subtle dig in. So I wore my uh, Tom Brady five shirt, you know, the shirt that he won after he wore won his fourth Super Bowl. And, um, you know, when we first made those shirts up, we would wear them around, we would wear them in races, and people would be like, oh, go Patriots, go Tom Brady. People would recognize the shirt. But, you know, we're, you know, we're three Super Bowl appearances, two Super Bowl wins later, and people start to kind of forget about that shirt. They kind of, they don't really know what it means anymore, so less and less. Only do you get like a really like diehard Patriots fan that knows like the deep cuts, right? That understands what that shirt is and will call up, be like, oh, go Patriots, go Tom Brady. And so I'm wearing this shirt all day before the race. I run the race. I'm doing my cool down and I'm coming in my cool down and I'm just thinking, you know what? I, I, I could have sworn that I was going to have at least one person yell something at me. I, I was going to, I, I could have, I would have bet that some per, one person would have recognized this shirt. I'm finishing my cool down and from across, across the street, I hear, Hey, Hey, go Patriots. That shirt's awesome. And I look across the street and it's like a group of elites, right? A, of the elite runners that just ran. And I'm looking at like, who's like yelling it. And like Riley masters is pointing across the street at me. Cause he's from Maine. He's a, he's a New England guy, big Patriots fan. And I just went over there and I shook his hand and I'm like, I'm like, dude, I didn't know if anybody was going to know this shirt, but you know, congrats to you. That's awesome. But he's just a huge Patriots (laughs) fan. So, you know, when we were having a couple beers after the race, talking gambling, we also talked a lot of Patriots, but by far, by far the coolest uh, story of the trip. 
I'm a, I'm a little surprised you didn't get any hate from any Pittsburgh people. I know, like you said, it's a deep cut shirt, but uh, I went to a game at, is it still Three Rivers or Heinz Field? What's the name of the Pittsburgh Stadium? Anybody know? Heinz Field. I went to a game this year and I wore uh, a Chargers jersey because they were playing the Chargers just to, you know, be a thorn in people's sides. And I kept my mouth shut, so I didn't get any crap, but. I literally saw people like coming down and getting in other Chargers fans' faces that were celebrating and doing like it was like a Red Sox Yankees rivalry where like fights were being started and, and, and you know food is thrown at each other. And it was Pittsburgh, San Diego. Like, who cares what's going on here? But uh, I don't know. Pittsburgh fans are brutal. So I'm glad you survived. Yeah, I feel like most fan bases, I wouldn't be surprised if people didn't recognize that shirt. But I feel like. Patriots or uh, Steelers fans have enough hate in their heart that they would that you get a couple that would get the deep cut and would, would come at you. It's like people in Pittsburgh are mourning right now. I mean, they just lost two of like the the greatest offensive weapons of all time. It's like they're all walking around. I mean, so it was the same night as like a Pittsburgh um, preseason game in De- So uh, Pittsburgh was popping. It was a, just a great night, but. Um, people were walking around in their Steelers jerseys. And you talk to somebody about football, it's like you're at a funeral. They're all, like, depressed and like, I don't know about this year, man. Ben's getting older. We lost AB. I don't know, man. So I think uh, the uh, the Pittsburgh fan base right now is pretty beat down. Well, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that team's going to be a shell of himself. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, shout out again to uh, P3R and the Liberty Mile. Awesome event. I think all three of us should go next year. Um, but some crazy news last night. Our girl, Sinclair Johnson, announcing her decision to forego her senior year and go pro. What do yeah. you guys think of this? Yeah, taking the Price Hopple approach. I think Price is inspiring people to you know, kind of follow in his footsteps. And I... I guess it's not super atypical of a Olympics year. Like, I don't think any of these people would be taking these moves. It was an Olympic year, but I, I could see it from Bryce. Like, I guess I was like, I was, I remember being confused when he did it, but I wasn't surprised. I was kind of taken aback by Sinclair. I, I didn't really see that coming. Um, but at the same time, like pump for her, all of our, uh, our, you know, friends of the program are all growing up and becoming professionals, which, you know, I suppose is good for us. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely did not see that one coming. I thought she was for sure, uh, you know, take, trying to take, uh, Oklahoma all the way next year, but Hey, good for her. Yeah. Bryce was on like an unprecedented streak of dominance. Right. And so like nobody had dominated, you know, like a track event like that. And how long, I don't know. Like I'm not a track historian, but that, that was crazy. Um, Sinclair definitely had like a hell of a finish to the year, um, but you don't look at her like the same as you would necessarily the way Hobble had his season. But uh, I don't know, Steve, you mentioned when you, you met Jess Harris, right? And she goes out and she finally is done with school and all of a sudden she just wins a couple thousand bucks at some random mile in Pittsburgh, you know, and like kind of like an off season or, or an off event. Uh, and I guess, how do you say no to that? Like, that's so cool to be like, you know, at first, my reaction was, wait, 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 like, don't say it out loud. You can get Jess in trouble. And then I remember she graduated. <laughs> and just to be able to, like, win a couple thousand bucks or run a good race. Uh, so it's hard to, as much as I think I'd want to, you know, enjoy that last year, but it's hard to blame somebody for, for getting that getting that money, getting that, that bag of cash. I guess, like, the, the biggest point 
like the money and everything, that's great. But I guess like the biggest point when you were talking about Steve that you made for Bryce was like the fact that he was racing at Worlds, right? And like that put him on like, you know, huge like professional radar and it would be really poor idea of him to, you know, being at Worlds, not being sponsored, not like collecting on all of that. Um, the fact that Sinclair isn't racing at Worlds, I think that is like the difference there where it's like, oh man, like that, but it kind of, it, I don't know, it just took me by surprise. Yeah, yes and no, though. Uh, I get what you're saying. Like, for Bryce, I think it was a little bit more of a no-brainer because, like you said, he's going to Worlds. Um, but you remember we're talking to Sinclair, and, and we were asking her about cross-country, and she's just like, I don't know, I'm not really into cross-country, and with the success that I've had in the 1500, I think I just want to focus on that. And right. she just missed out on the Worlds team. So oh, yeah. she's, she's, you know... Uh, if fractions of a second away from being on that world's team. So she sees her opportunity to go to the Olympics next year. And like before NCAA championship, she, her personal best was like, I think it was like four Oh nine or I think like four ten or something like that. So she's cut like six or seven seconds off her time in the 1500 meters just this summer. So you put her with a professional team, you get her training for the next year. She's got a very legitimate shot at making an Olympic team. And, you know, I think if you're if you're on the bubble like that, you got to take a chance. You can always go back to college. You can always go back and get your degree. But you got to take your opportunities at, at an Olympic run when you can and get a little and get a little money at while you're at it. You can go back to college, but you can't run at college, yeah. right? Like, you're done no. with that part. So, yeah, you can get your degree, but um, I just feel like the level of training you can get at some of these higher-end programs is going to be pretty similar to the training you should get, you know, with the professional team. So, uh, I guess that's the counter to it is that last year of uh, getting that Oklahoma State, you know, powerhouse keep rolling along. You know, you're sacrificing that. Um, obviously, there's a good reason to do it, but, you know, I, I could see the other side to it, too, I guess. Well, he, I, I don't know, man. I think I think she's going to get the opportunity to train with people just at a different level. I mean, she's going to get the opportunity to train with people that also are thinking Olympics. I mean, you know, she could go back and she could dominate um, next year in NCAAs, but there is a jump. There is a jump from that NCAA competition to to the to the pro competition. And the other thing is, even as you know. I, you know, I, I I think for runners it's not as much, but uh, you know, as, as much as it's 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 uh, more of a formality than anything. She does have to go to classes, and she can't just be, you know, 100% running, 100% taking care of all of her time. You know, she does have to do other stuff as a as a quote unquote student athlete. Um, this way, her she gets to eat, sleep, and breathe her run at at the Olympics next year. Yeah, I mean, I guess like the biggest thing that nobody's really talking about here right like i haven't seen any headlines over it. i haven't seen anything is next year in indoor when we go to do like our drafts and our like fantasy indoor i gotta learn like a whole crop of <laughs> like everybody that i knew and all my picks are just gone now it's gonna be so much work <laughs> this is true this is true but mike think of how awesome like how hard are we gonna party if you know, just randomly, we start a podcast, we convince this 800 meter guy, you know, that's on a win streak to come on our podcast. And we convince, you know, the 1500 meter champion to come on a podcast a year later, they're both in the Olympics. How hard are we going to celebrate? How yeah. awesome is that going to be? 
it, it would be pretty cool. <laughs> it would be pretty cool. <laughs> that yeah. would be that'd be unreal. <laughs> I just need them to come back on the podcast once they're the Olympians. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think um, we can do that. I mean, Jess is introducing Steve to her family and everything. Yeah. <laughs> we we made some good rapport with our guests, I think. Well, that's true. Uh, but but like we want like we you know we want to build a relationship with with the with with athletes and be kind of like friendly and you know I mean we don't have any motivate ulterior motivation other than just kind of we want to promote the sport so if we're doing a good job of showing off the personalities in this sport then why wouldn't they why wouldn't they want to stay connected with us yeah, you know definitely I mean? definitely That's I don't true. know. I- I do question your journalistic integrity, Steve. You know, we're a, we're a running podcast here telling all our, our thousands of listeners about the world of running. And here you are making friends all the time and meeting everybody out. Uh, <laughs> I think there's there's some trouble with that, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anyways, congratulations to Sinclair. We're super pumped. I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, uh, what brand she signs up with. You know what team she's training with, because I think all that is going to be is going to be pretty interesting. Yeah, definitely. Trent, you were talking. We were texting earlier, and we were talking about people signing up with brands. And you're like, "Why don't Why don't they have a draft in running? You know, what I mean, they have a draft in every other sport. Why can't we have a draft in running?" Yeah, so it's it seems like it's signing season right now, where a lot of uh, big names have have signed with the different brands, and they're getting all their sponsors lined up. Um, and I was just thinking, like, instead of the slow trickle of news, it would be so fun if there was just this big event uh, where runners got drafted onto like a different sponsorship or the different teams even. But imagine, you know, like the NFL or the NBA, everybody puts on this like dope suit and just puts a hat or whatever. <laughs> imagine the swag that would come out of this event, like everybody, all the big just running, uh, you know, gear makers are just like pumping out the coolest shit to give the, the runners. You have them like in this big hall and you announce like, you know, you do the lottery and whatever, whoever the first pick is, you yeah, know, with the first ball. pick of the draft, Bryce Hopple. And then he goes up and he has this like crazy, like hot pink, you know, running shoes he throws on. He's sick. Yeah, you know, I, I it, it would suck if you got drafted by a brand like Skechers or something like that. You're like, <laughs> oh no, I'm going to the Browns. Actually, Browns wouldn't be that bad right now, but it's just like, what's the team right now? It'd be like the equivalent of getting drafted by Skechers. <laughs> well, well, that's what I was thinking. Is like, I want like an NBA style like ping pong lottery, so that way, like, yeah, the big names do get drafted by like you know whoever was the worst brand the year before gets you know the most ping pong balls, and then they get their shot <laughs> at getting the Bryce Hopples and the Sinclairs and stuff like that, and you know even it out a little bit, make this more of like a. Um, a team style sport get get a little rivalry and competition going i like that I you like could that. have like really short rookie contracts too right so it's only a one-year contract or whatever even like a six month it could even be like a summer racing schedule right you just like sign up to run for you know this brand for a four month you know kind of like a diamond league style thing um and you know you draft a few runners and and you just duke it out like that but again like that trap night would be so freaking fun well here's my question how do you qualify for the draft like can any company it's like <laughs> get it like could peak too early podcast could we uh could we sneak into the draft <laughs> or how do athletes how do athletes qualify for the draft what if i just announce like hey i'm going for oh. i mean anybody can announce. Me. it's a matter if you get drafted right that's a good 
that's a good point. Like all these athletes just like put a, put out an Instagram post like, hey everyone, I just want to let you know like I made the decision to go pro. We should just all just start like posting on Instagram like, hey guys, I've made the decision to turn to a professional runner. Like who's stopping me from doing that? <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> that's it i'm announcing it boys right here right now i am a, I'm a professional runner now well i mean you know the ability to, just the ability to run fast isn't the only thing that brands want i mean look at our guy like lewis kent i mean he he's a good runner in his day but you know not professional level he needed to add a little twist into his game to get to get that brooks sponsorship he needed to be a, a fast beer miler you know electric personality and then he got the you know he got the um the sponsorship so hey you know we got we got a podcast where you know we're up and coming beer milers potentially speed golfers you know mm-hmm. i think we could be a pretty valuable asset to some brand yeah i'm gonna have to go way down in my rolodex take some serious time to find what my marketability is to a uh, professional brand but i'm sure i'll find something i think uh, uh i think you're associated with peak too early boys you'll be all right mike but uh Here's a question for you guys, a serious question. How much do you think looks goes into these sponsorships? Like, guys like us, you know, just complete stunners uh, that are just dripping all the time. Um, we're going to get signed by some big contracts if we just had a little bit of wheels on us. But when you get to these elite college people that are graduating college and kind of looking for different teams, how how much important is uh, is how hot the person is? When you are when you're spon- when you're a sponsored athlete, you end up on you end up on video a lot, right? Yeah, I mean, you can say from time to time you end up on video. But yeah. look at a guy like Tom Brady, right? Universally, everybody thinks that guy is like a <laughs> <Trent>. hot. <laughs> I'm serious. That has I think, to do something. I think, I think well, anyways, whether you're married to the game of running or getting married to another runner, let 27 Video take care of all your video needs. We can show in 4K the beads of sweat on your calves in a road race or your gorgeous wedding on a lake. Choose 27 Video. We love we love runners and we love wedding too. Uh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> <laughs> we love wedding. <laughs> 27 Video. Okay, brick. <laughs> <laughs> we love weddings and we love runners too. Trey, how did you not see the, the transition? <laughs> He kept there. going. I was like, "Is he gonna shut up? Can I get in on this?" <laughs> no, I did not. I don't even know. He ended up the whole time. <laughs> oh man! But shout out to our presenting sponsor, Twenty Seven Video. I use them for all my, and I'm dead serious. Like this, there's no word of a lie when I say this. I use them for all my wedding video needs and all my road race video needs, and we're even gonna use them for our beer mile coming up at the end of September. So check out Twenty Seven Video. I'm glad we're finally having an event where I can say I use 27 video because I was like tempted to get married just so I could use 27 videos. I need an excuse to hire a videographer. Oh man. So anyway, guys, we were we were kind of we were kind of talking earlier. We were talking a little bit about Spartan racing and the world of obstacle course racing, and I think we just kind of wanted to chat a little bit about it. And you know, I, I was just curious, what are your what are your guys' opinions on the world of obstacle course racing? I'll start. Um, so I, I thought of this earlier because for most of my life, or whatever, when did Spartans get popular? Like five, six years ago? It seems like they're it's like the I last think even decade. longer. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like I think like I'd say I'd say like 2012, 2013. They've started to really like gain popularity. Mm-hmm. 
Well, anyways, ever since I heard of them and, and figured this whole thing out and heard people talk about them, I've always just thought they were from losers. I was like, this is the lamest thing. Like, you don't even race each other. I don't know, the one that's popular around here is at Fenway Park, right? So it's this confined little area. I picture you having to wait for the team in front you get over the obstacle. You know, they advertise helping your teammate out and stuff and cheering each other on rather than, like, any kind of competition to it. And so I've been super against Spartan, and people are just hardos that talk about it, that train about it. Sounds like it's like, just go for a long run. That's harder than your little, you know, obstacle course. Uh, but then I decided I wanted to do a Spartan race. So I'm very confused, and I wanted to have you guys either make fun of me or support me. So the thing with, like, Spartan racing is it, I think it's a cool event. I I don't know necessarily, like, I, I don't know where the – the, the crop of like Spartan racers comes from because I'm not positive that comes from the distance world. I'm I, I feel like it comes more from like the CrossFit type of community, and I think it's like a really cool, fun thing. Um, I've never done one, but from what I've heard, it's like the the biggest problem with it is if like you're a competitive distance runner like we are. The thing that's so frustrating is like you get piles up at the obstacles, so it's like. You know, you're you're dominating the running part, but then when you get to these obstacles, you have to like wait. And it's like we're not used to that in our sport, where it's like you just keep going, you keep barreling through, and you, you keep moving forward. So I've heard that's like the frustrating part. So, but see that I don't know. I I feel like you might have done one of these or something like that. So I don't know where where is the the the, the biggest percentage of Spartan racers coming from? So the best Spartan racers in the world are former distance runners. They come from a distance background. Um, there is a lot of overlap between the CrossFit world and the like running world to kind of get the, um, you know, the, the elite people at these like obstacle course races, but the best obstacle course racers in the world are actually really good former distance runners. Um, you know, distance runners with, you know, extra like that, that are stronger than your average distance runner and, and have a little bit more versatility as an athlete. So actually, I think all three of us, you know, because I don't think, because I think that you could, you could kind of classify all three of us as like kind of athletes that chose running that are probably a little bit stronger than your average runner. We're not just kind of like scrawny little distance runners, not to pat ourselves on the back too much. But I think like our crowd would actually be would actually be pretty good at it. So I, Mike, you're not given, you're not in, in Trent, you're not given um, like Spartan races, obstacle course races enough credit. So you have the sprint races, which are kind of like the more marketable ones, the see, ones you see at Fenway, but all the professional ones, like all the hardcore ones are longer distance and they're covering like mountain trail courses. Mm-hmm. Mike, the buildup that you get at the, the further back you go, yeah, you get you get like kind of build up at, at obstacles. But in the elite heat, I'm not sure you get that as much. Now, I will say the biggest problem that I have seen and the reason I have never signed up for an obstacle course race or a Spartan race before is they charge more money the higher you want to go. So if you just want to sign up with like the all comers, like it's one price. If you want to go like a higher level, it's more money. If you want to go in the elite race, it costs significantly more money. So it's like, mm. why am I being penalized for being a better athlete? Like and wanting to compete instead of just wanting to have fun. And so like, that's why I've never signed up for it. And it's already a ton of money to sign up for it. Now, granted, these courses do cost a lot of money to set up, but 
it's a ton of money, and I don't want to pay more money to be in a competitive heat. It's just I don't I just don't want to do that. Yeah, I I suppose I get what they're doing with that by like trying to deter people from just doing the elite heat for like no reason, and then you get a bunch of people in there. But you could do it like some races in the running world do it, where you know you to enter the race to enter the elite race specifically you have to enter like proof of a certain performance and you should be able to use like you know maybe like a 10k time or something like that as yeah. proof of you know that you belong in that race i think jacking up the price is kind of that kind of stinks yeah I'll, uh, I'll fully disclose now like i was on the spartan website for like an hour and a half the other day like trying to find <laughs> ways i could do and i like knew everything you just said i was just scared you guys would make fun of me so i, I came in lightly on it but uh, I think I'm in on it. Like, I'm, I'm definitely going to do, you know, one soon. Um, you know, we'll see how it goes and what the, organiz- the event is like. I am split between whether, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm the jibroni. Like, can I sign up for the leader race? I've never done anything like this. But that's what would be super appealing is if I can race other people rather than, you know, just be in the, the, the jibroni crowd in the back. Um, so, yeah, but I'm, I'm in. We should, we should do one. If you have a competitive racing background and you're still in good shape, I think you'll do fine in the elite heat. Where you're going to get caught up is there are some like high skill uh, obstacles where y- you're only good at it if you've done it before. Like they do a spear throw, right? And the only way that you can nail the spear throw is if you have some sort of experience like throwing the spear. So like you might have to, and they have videos online of how you can like make your own spear in practice. So you might need to practice stuff like that, but like that's where you're going to get hung up. You'll be able to hang with all the top athletes in terms of the running and like the climbing stuff. Like there's no doubt about it, but the skill ones, that's where you'll get, that's where you get caught up a little bit. I feel like that's where like our, um, you know, like beer obstacle course games will come in handy because we practice throwing stuff and the, you know, the cornhole and all that stuff. I feel like, you know, we got, we, we've got all the right, like techniques and throwing from different motions. We'll be fine. We don't need to practice. You know, what's really going to help though is the Stonehill college annual inter-squad meet. So Steve, back in <laughs> That's true. at like the beginning in, in between indoor and outdoor every year, um we had an inner squad like a team bonding event so you had to practice and you came into the, the track with the indoor you know we call it track just the workout you know the, the, the flat track around the gyms but you had to do an event that you don't do and so coach broke you up into like four or five different teams or something like that you had team captain you get all rah rah and we had a javelin event that you didn't use the real javelin you know the indoor little javelin yeah javelin practice with? yeah so that was an event, and that was, like, everybody's favorite event. So basically, you just sign your whole team up for that one, and some <laughs> people would have to do, like, a 400. Some people would do, like, high jump and long jump and all that stuff. Um, but I do have experience. Now, I sucked at it, but I still have thrown, you know, a spear, <laughs> if you will, a few times in my day. Oh, Looking that's awesome. Shout out to, like, do that again. Shout out to Karen, Karen Bowen, for making, like, fun team bonding stuff. That sounds awesome. Okay. That was a blast, yeah. But, um, Trent, can we count on you for the Bay State Half Marathon? Can you run a half marathon on October 16th for, for the Peak Too Early squad? Can I run a half marathon? I mean, I can run a half marathon right now. I'd probably win the whole thing. Uh, I got to see if I'm around. When is it? October 16th. Ooh, it's the day after a wedding. You think, uh, you think that would phase me? I don't know. <laughs> Well, the reason I bring it up, the reason I bring it up is because 
Um, I'm thinking that's going to be our next uh, uh, party, our that next peak too early party. So I think we're going to try to get a bunch of people out to run a fast half marathon in in peak too early singlets. And I'm thinking afterwards we get together maybe at Cappy's Copper Kettle, crack a few Miller Lights, and watch the Patriots game and have a peak too early uh, uh, party after the Bay State Marathon. So that's what I'm thinking. Nothing official yet, but. If there's anybody that think they can run a decent half marathon, a fast half marathon, or marathon, if you're in marathon shape and you want to wear a peak too early singlet um, in the in the marathon, you can also do that as well. So let us know. Hit us up in the DMs, text us. Let us know. We're trying to get together a crew to to get out front at the Bay State Half Marathon in Lowell, Massachusetts. Um, something Mike and I have been training for. Um, and uh, Mike and I, you know, for accountability, we send each other our uh our training that week back and forth and uh i gotta tell you i'm a little nervous about mike i, I keep his training hasn't been, no, <laughs> been up to par and he keeps telling me don't worry don't worry and trent we are two months away from this so it's either it's either shit or get off the pot mike i keep telling you guys week after week after week i don't worry about me i got this situation <laughs> under control you, you don't gotta worry about me, Steve. You worry about you worry about what's going on over there, in uh, you know, in your training world, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll be fine. I'm not worried about it, Trent. I've been hammering out a couple good weeks these these past couple weeks, and I send it to Mike on Sunday night, and I feel like every single week I get a text back being like, "Nah, not a great week for me." <laughs> well, well that, that's not totally true because my phone was broken for like two weeks, so you didn't get any of my logs. So. Who knows what those locks said? They, those could have been like hundred mile weeks. <laughs> oh man! You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying, Trent? Yeah, Mike. How'd you break your phone? Uh, I mean, it's just a very old phone. It's been through a lot of hard times. So, <laughs> yeah, you know. Hey, Steve, you gave me the absolute goosebumps when you were saying, "Yeah, we're gonna run like a hard half marathon. We'll run fast, and then we'll go, you know, go to a bar or something. We'll have a few beers. We'll watch the Patriots." And I just got like that excitement oh, yeah. of fall running Sunday oh, yeah. morning long run followed by football. Like that is the ultimate in uh, in running right there. It doesn't get any better. So whether I can do this one or not, uh, that is that is getting me all sorts of excited. Ah uh, yeah, there's nothing better than that. Like a late mid October road race, you get the fall crisp in the air. You know, mm. nice cool air. You run in a race and then you go. You watch the Patriots. I mean, it, I mean. It's tough living in New England, like when you get into February, March, and you're sh- still shoveling like, like several feet of snow, and you're like, "Oh my God, when will this winter end?" It's tough when you get into August and you still have those like gross, like humid nights. But the stretch from like mid to late September to mid November makes it so worth it. It is the it is the best climate in the world during those months. Yeah, I can't wait. I led the podcast off with it, but it just like it literally cannot come soon enough. I am, <laughs> I'm done with summer. Like I know back in back in the day when you're in like school and stuff like that, you crave summer, you need summer. I'm at the point where it's just like, give me like a month of summer. Let me enjoy that like you know the sun and the beach season and pool season for a little bit. But it's like, I wish I wish the fall was just like six months long. We had like a sprinkle of winter time a sprinkle of spring, a sprinkle of July, and then just like half the year was the fall. And we have we have the extra advantage, you know, loving fall with 
the Patriots as our team because they're good every year. It's not like you go to the fall ever and you're like, oh man, this is a throwaway year. This is a building year. Let's see how our, our you know, our rookie quarterback is going to do. Uh, it's the best. And maybe it's just because the Red Sox stink so bad that we've talked about the Patriots like two or three times on this podcast. But uh, every year there's just so much excitement for it. I can't wait. Yeah, it's like we're compensating for something. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, guys, before we wrap this up and we get to the bell lap, we have a couple submissions for uh, for what we should call our listeners. Um, so the first one comes from Patrick Donovan, who he didn't give me much of a of a of a description, but I think we could kind of go a couple different ways on this one. But he said the barrel. The I, I, barrel. He didn't like, get, the, like the track barrel. You know that's I mean? so I think it's I like think a, that's like it. Yep. I kind of like that. I kind of like it. I like where his head's at. It's a good one. <laughs> and, then, and then we have another one. We have one from uh, from uh, Big Steve Gendron. Uh, he he, <laughs> uh, he said the uh, the poo crew because <laughs> he said the woo crew and he's like why don't why don't you do the peaked up crew the pu poo crew <laughs> which i kind of like but it's funny like <laughs> we call our listeners the poo crew i kind of like that <laughs> it just feels demeaning though <laughs> well half of our half of our names have been demeaning <laughs> i know but the poo crew seems especially demeaning <laughs> But it is funny, and it's never. Been it is definitely funny. The good one. I like it. I like it. So uh, we got <laughs> we got a handful. Sooner or later, we're gonna put up a poll. Um, yeah, like we need to condense a list here. Yeah, but I like the poo crew. I like I like the barrel. It, it's some some good ones. So, um, but anyways, let's kick off the bell lap. Mike, what do you got for the people on the bell lap? So a couple last week, I was at the DMV. And I'm not here to give the classic, oh, the DMV stinks, I waited forever. Yeah, of course I waited forever. Um, but you know what? Part of the DMV, like, I don't mind it because I'm a big, like, people watcher. I like watching people. And you get, like, all types of people at the DMV. It's, like, it's quite a show when you're there. But while I was there, trying to kill some time, thinking about ideas, I was thinking, I was like, we need to come up with a system that like benefits people from being runners and being like physically fit. Like what if we had this system where I come into the DMV, right? And it's like, all right, I'm going to take like a special runner's ticket. And the way this works is like, all right, you have an hour and a half. You go, instead of waiting in the DMV, you go to the track out back and you run for like an hour and a half. Like you go get your long run in. And if you do that, you spend your time doing that. As soon as you come in, you get a, a, a free uh, you know, a free ride right to the front of the line. And that way, I'm not wasting my time for, like, three hours at the DMV and not just, like, sitting there, like, wishing I could be, like, being accomplished. And we're promoting physical fitness. And so I thought, you know what I mean? I think I'm on to something here. I think we need to start implementing things within the world that benefit people for being physically fit and makes us more time efficient. I had trouble uh, uh, taking you seriously because I thought this just sounded like the ultimate bad comedian joke. So I was at the DMV. Uh, but I don't disagree with you. I mean, we are an underserved community as runners, and we need more to benefit us. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Trent, what do you got for people on the Bell Lab? 
this will be the second shout out to Karen Bowen, but I got to do it. Uh, Stonehill cross country coach. She just got inducted into the, listen to this, USTFCCCA Hall of Fame, which is a ridiculous acronym, but the United States Track and Field and Cross Country Coaches Association. Uh, I think it's Coaches Association. I don't know. There's a lot of letters there. But she got into a big Hall of Fame along with, like, Jack Daniels, which is pretty cool, you know, sharing a Hall of Fame class with him. So um, congrats, Coach B, and, uh, you know, you deserve it. Very cool. Congrats. Yep. Um, I'm excited for fall. That's my only thing on the bell app. Other than that, other than that, I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Josie. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. So many things that I want to say. Oh, I like my girls a little bit old. I just want to use your love tonight. <laughs> I think this is problematic and we should move on. <laughs> I, I so, so the Red Sox stink, huh? <laughs> Red Sox stink. I, I think it was fine until Trent used the word hot. I think yeah. when you were just talking about looks, it was fine. No, this is problematic. I don't want to touch this subject. <laughs> just asking the tough questions. I guess so. I guess so. So, I mean, like, I guess you, you, uh, you know, uh, just going to say hi to Troy over here. <laughs> Troy, <laughs> sign. Oh, you could literally do the, the Chris Barley thing there. You could just like show him that picture. <laughs> or you remember that? Uh, that's my, uh, that's my question. question. Remember when you ran that punt back in, in, in Pittsburgh? Uh, uh, yeah, that was awesome. Troy, uh, do you remember when you played wide receiver and cornerback in, in, in the same game? And you got an interception. Yeah, that, that was awesome. Woman, I am willing to take the break that we are on the brink of. My cup is on the table. I love a
Let the tables turn.